edition of the Day of Record Projects podcast. Uh, my name is Elise Debia, and I am sitting here with Lorenzo Nassandani, uh, and also sitting here in his studio. So we're also surrounded by some of his wonderful new works that he's been working on. Um, Lorenzo, welcome, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Elise. It's good to be here. It's good to to be in the um, the Cape Town branch of David Crook Projects, having spent so much time engaging with the Johannesburg wing of things, and it's nice to see the continuity between the two. I really do feel at home. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Uh, for the listeners who aren't really familiar with your work um, or your background, can you tell us a little about kind of where your creative process come from um, and your artistic practice? Well, um, Things starting at the beginning would have seen me train as an architect. And I think architecture as a subject, as a discipline, as a kind of guiding force has really influenced my practice um, as an artist. And I think if I were to think historically, I would say that I was working as an architect at one stage and I, and I always wanted to find more ways to express myself because I, I found pure architectural practice quite, quite limiting. Mm. And I've always had this kind of facility to draw and I found it, I found that I wanted to really let that line explore beyond the confines of architectural practice. Mm. So when I got back from Johannesburg the first time, I started to work by myself and I worked with wallpaper as a medium and then I went and worked with mural and eventually got into fine art and printmaking. But I think the background of architecture really was influential in it being as a discipline, a drawing based art form. And I think that has really been the strong point. This culture of drawing, this education of drawing has really been, you know, the background of everything. And I think a sort of frustration in traditional forms of architectural practice left me wanting to let that line explore to the extreme of uh, the fine art realm. So you're mentioning that architecture, one of the things that you find really interesting is this use of line. Is that something within architecture that has influenced your artistic practice? Um, Or what other aspects of architecture has influenced the artistic practice? I think the interesting about architectural practice or architectural discipline or architectural education or the project of architecture let's call it is that line is used very much in different ways uh, and in, in a layered process to communicate hierarchy and all sorts of other kinds of concepts so line is basically you know the, the, the foundation or the cornerstone of architectural drawing line is used to make shape it's used to make all sorts of things, but it, it is the, the cardinal, you know, the cardinal means of, of, of expression, the cardinal means of representation. And as such, you know, it gets deeply embedded into one's kind of hand as an architectural practitioner. And so one can't really help but get, get rid of, one can't really get rid of it. But I think in terms of architecture, what I've learned from it and what I've brought into artistic practice is the idea of ordering the idea of being heavily conceptual mm-hmm. at, at all times, the idea that line can start to delineate space, 
it's a medium for expressing certain ways of thinking and exploring um, and exploring certain certain concepts. So line is kind of the most distilled version of 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 expressing some kind of idea. One can do it with pattern. One can do it with large areas of or planes of um, of space or big areas of color. But it's the, it's it's the most minimal mark that one can make in order to make a statement or produce a concept in some kind of way. And so I think what I've been doing is using the exploration in architecture that I've taken into the artistic medium and mm. through the use of drawing. Which And I find the artistic space a lot more emotional and more expressive, less constrictive. So when you take kind of the training of the line-based way of expressing and communicating and showing concepts and you take it into the looser environment of the fine art world, I think there's a lot of opportunity that can be gained in that kind of uh, transition. I think it's always so interesting because when I, or I think maybe quite a few people, when you automatically think of an architectural drawing, it's very rigid lines, and very analytical. Yeah. And when you're thinking of line work in an artistic way within an art format, it's a bit looser. So I think what's quite interesting is that in every creative process, you're still using the fundamentals of line and the fundamentals of drawing. Mm. And it's always interesting to see the play between the two of them. And I think art and architecture do go hand in hand. But I think what is interesting is how you fast forward and reverse the kind of narrative of it. Mm. So for example, what I'm doing is taking architecture and city and ideas of architecture and loosening them into an expressive format, mm. quite an impressionistic one. But the reverse can also be true. So, for example, I could go through this process that I'm going through now artistically, which stops at a framed painting, yes. and I could use it as the cornerstone for the creation of a building. So this organic exploration could become rigidified and rationalized mm -hmm. to the point where it becomes a very thin set of lines which are given to a builder to make a building. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this interesting kind of elastic relationship between the two. and. The looseness of art can also be used to f be firmed up to the rigidity of architecture and the and the and the rigidity of architecture or the kind of rationality of architecture mm. can also be softened and massaged into a kind of a looser format to so it can unravel. So then do you definitely see them as being two creative fields that live cohesively instead of seeing architecture as being one thing and art being one thing but they kind of start to live within the same arena in renaissance times for example the uh, architects and artists were the same thing they, they kind of collapsed these disciplines into one so they would these these practitioners would be sculptors they would be engineers inventors architects artists and it was all this one big cultural, classical, creative subject in a way. And I think as, as time has developed because of the economy, we've separated these fields out mm. into categories. What I'm trying to do because of natural processes for me as a person is recollapse them. Mm. However, within the practice, I do separate them out at times. So I see them separate as joined and joined, but sometimes I separate them to use them in their most pure format to, to inform a hybrid process. So, for example, I can 
use the artistic tradition of working with emotion mm. in the process of an architectural project, which is not normally done that yes. much. Or I could do the reverse, where you use the rational mind of the art of the architect and try mm. and put it in the art world and see what happens. Mm. So that when you start to mix them, and that's particularly what I do with the mural process of my of my practice. One starts to inform the other. So you use the emotive of art and you rationalize it into you know, a kind of a sculptural mural piece which, which borrows from ideas of, of architectural order in order for it to be built. Mm. So I think pure principles from one, when placed in the category of practice of another, can start to form interesting projects. Mm. I think it's interesting because you get to you get to play with each section within this creative field. You can, start to apply one type of methodology to another and the architectural methodology into art. Mm -hmm. And I think that starts to bring out very interesting concepts and ways of working. I think, uh, yes, I think, I think the essence of it is that what seems to have happened, particularly in, in South African practice, is that this, this loose beginning to the making of a building as part of the design process has been marginalized. Mm. So there's not much time in the making of a building to go through explorations of site, of place. And these kinds of drawings are very much seen as kind of, you know, weekend explorations in letting one's hair down and loosening and like kind of a cathartic process of like kind of unwinding from a heavy week at the office where you're dealing with you know very rigid constraints. But I think in earlier times of architectural practice, particularly when Le Corbusier was working, these things were integral to the way things work. Things work, and I think I'm 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 trying to meld them together again. Um, but because of the way that things work in economy, that has to be done in separate processes. Um, so, yes, they do inform one another, and I think sometimes it's difficult to kind of see the wood for the trees, but in the end, there is a form of hybrid practice that I'm starting to develop, mm. and I'm, uh, but I'm very clear to understand, you know, the kind of pure origin of either pole, as yes. it were. Well, I think it, it does definitely land up creating some very interesting visual processes and final imagery and what's quite exciting is that you're going to be having a solar exhibition at the David Kirk Projects Gallery in Johannesburg and if I'm not mistaken you're now currently working on the body of work for that exhibition. Can you tell us a little about, about where this body of work started and its themes and just the process that you're currently working on? Well I think you know, the word you use, process, is very important in the beginning of this answer. Um, I've just kind of relocated from one space to another. Um, having lived in Johannesburg for many years, I'm spending some time in Cape Town. So there's been a kind of a transition from one space to another, kind of a gradation from one place to another. And gradation is a word that we will come across again. But in, in essence, um, I was working in Johannesburg quite recently with urbanity and the grid of the city and I was working with directly with the context in front of me and kind of transposing my response to that emotionally as an artist and rationally as an architect to a series of drawings. 
And then there was this kind of um, almost unexpected transition to another city. And I think the work at the moment is really looking at this kind of hybrid space between the two, kind of not having quite landed in Cape Town yet and still, you know, experiencing and living the idea of Johannesburg, which is a very recent memory. And so the work is kind of working with two layers, one at the moment, and it will develop into, into more from that, but looking at um, the grid of the city as referring to Johannesburg, but not necessarily only to that city, but to the idea of urbanity and in industry and the grid, really. And then the more natural form of the plant or the flower or the organic silhouette of, of the natural world, the natural city. And so the two cities represent those two different things for me, and I'm kind of looking back at Johannesburg at its grid and looking forward at Cape Town and its natural uh, heritage and its natural power and I'm trying to um, negotiate those two spaces and layer them upon one another and I think as I land in the new city and kind of the, the previous one um, becomes um, becomes more kind of distilled into memory I think I'm going to start to kind of leave the grid behind in a way mm. and start to look at the geometry of the flower on its own and I think in essence once that process happens and it's an imminent process, I'm going to start to look at the idea of pure geometry of the flower, the architecture of the flower, and try and extract from it, in the absence of the grid, certain architectural ideas like gradation, threshold, mm. all these sorts of things which are architectural only, and, and, and try and build up that kind of like a, a compendium yeah. of ideas surrounding that. No, I think it sounds really exciting. You're mentioning, so the the concept behind this body of work is heavily rooted in Cape Town versus Johannesburg. What do you see them? What are the main differences you see between the two spaces? I know you touched on it briefly there, but is there kind of solidifying like this is Johannesburg and this is Cape Town? Well, there's, there's an interesting dialogue, which is kind of about a, a personal narrative in a way. And that besides the kind of generic view that one is an industrial large city and the other one is a softer natural space, um, I, I see them very much as nature versus urbanity, but also solace versus fury in a way. Um, Cape Town I see more as a, a feminine space, in Johannesburg perhaps a more masculine one. And I think also when it comes down to personal heritage, I see Cape Town as a more European space, which speaks to my Italian heritage, and Johannesburg as a more South African space, which speaks to my South African heritage. So there's a lot of composition happening in terms of personal genealogy. But in essence, I always used to come back to Cape Town from Johannesburg for work and holidays, and it would be about this catharsis, this kind of breathing in fresh air and unwinding and relaxing. Um, after being kind of thrown about, you know, in a, in, a, in a very vibrant, quite aggressive city. So I see the one as this kind of personal garden of reflection, which is Cape Town, and the other as this place of production, mm -hmm. this place of urbanity, this place of roughness, and this place of like very um, intense inspiration, very high-paced mm -hmm. um, almost uh, 
frenzied way of way of being but very interesting yeah. and how has moving to Cape Town changed the way that you're working has it in any way um I think I think I think that with what I'm dealing with at the moment I think particularly the flow of motif it seems to be an, an obvious reflection on the space that I'm in which of course it is but deeper than that um, I think the quieter space of the city has allowed me to um, have a different kind of space of thinking. So the thinking is less um, less layered, it's far more distilled, it's far quieter, there's more order, there's less of an urban noise around my head <laughs> in my everyday life. Um, and so I'm able to think not more clearly and more succinctly, but with a far different kind of pressure around me. So I think that the ideas are similar, but I think the form of expression comes out much more loosely because there's a, it's a less pressured environment as a city. Yeah. And I think um, also it, there's the idea of cleansing that's happening on a, uh, in terms of coming back from a, um, a quite furious city to a, to a calmer one. Mm -hmm. But also the idea of complexity, which I associate with Johannesburg, to simplicity, which I associate with this city. But at the end, I think these cities could be anything. They could be any two spaces. I think mm -hmm. it's about the transition from one place to another. And I think the reflection that happens in a transplantation from one mm -hmm. to another. I think the one being a grid and the one being a garden is to a degree relevant, but to another degree also just circumstantial and nothing else. So I think it's about changing one's status quo and the transition from point A to point B, which kind of enlivens a thought process mm -hmm. and a, an experiential process. And I think the work shows that there's this movement between two places, a state of flux, and it's very pensive, quite emotive quality, which is associated mm -hmm. with that. And I think it's, it's because there really are such different cities. Um, and I think it's very interesting how you have a different, almost creative state of mind in each city. So the way that you would process and see everything around you in Johannesburg is then quite different, where Cape Town's allowing you almost like a bit more space to breathe and a yeah. bit more freedom to play yeah. around than mm. Cape Town with its, um, and then Johannesburg with its very rigid city and mm. things are quite a bit um, colder <laughs> sometimes. Um, you were touching on this flower motif. Can you describe to us the importance of the flower as, as a, a symbol within your work? I mean, I think just to extend from the, your now your previous question mm -hmm. and, and your response to it yourself, I think yeah, the chisquis are important, um, but 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 further to that. Uh, I think that what's interesting about this transition is that things that are pure and and relevant to my practice, irrespective of context, are really coming through. And that happens very much because of an embeddedness, but very much because of a transition. So when one is in transition between two spaces, the things that stick with you in terms of mark making and in terms of certain concepts that one leads to they tend to 
be very prevalent. They're in the toolkit that kind of stays, which like when you're traveling, you, know, you take your essentials with you. You're not at home, you take an essential kit for living. And I think that essential kit for making art um, has stayed with me. And so it's quite interesting to see what's rising to the top um, in that process. And I think to answer your question now about the flower, you know, it happened quite ceremoniously almost. I was like, I had a, a gathering with some friends here in Cape Town and I was talking to an artist friend of mine and who was speaking about this idea of how this transition can be made and I was saying that I was making this very urban work which was gritty and kind of dirty in Johannesburg in response to that context and what am I going to do now? How am I going to create continuity? I think the idea was that it's just about a process of drawing at the moment and extracting and so I'm using the flower as a motif, a vehicle to absorb certain things. One is quality of line, one is geometric quality, one is spatial quality. And there are certain concepts that are coming out, but I think it's just a very robust motif from which I'm extracting certain ideas which are common to both cities, but common to one thing which is joining both of them, that is architecture and line and drawing. Mm. And I think that's the cardinal thing. So between the two cities, those things link. And I think the flower as an object is related to the Cape Town nature, certainly. It's related to all sorts of things, but I think it's the kind of vehicle for me to explore quite pure, pure ideas about architecture and space. And so kind of going back to this line, does it has its roots for you within your architectural kind of work, um, but does it have any particular conceptual meaning for you, the use of line? Or do you merely just see it as a method, as a way of working? I think as a trained architect, you know, the method of using line is is very deeply inbuilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being an architect, building is something one gets used to. <laughs> so I think it, that that's the default in a way. But when I take it into the artistic space, I try to challenge that and work with it. Because one doesn't have to be purely accurate in art, you can bring in the notion of gesture and and the ideas of distillation and white space are common to both architecture and art, but I think it's this kind of the bending of the rules that one can that one is afforded in the artistic space that one can explore. So like the line, you know, it can bleed over the construction lines greatly. And those kind of happy accidents and kind of mistakes that happen, which are not monitored, you know, as they would be in the architectural world, those create wonderment and specialness. And I think the line, when 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 has less pressure to be precious, um, really starts to become gestural and expressive, and and things beauty comes out of that. You know, interesting concepts come out of that. So, I think. Um, the use of the flower is just for architectural exploration of ideas, but um, the line, as used to create buildings and create spaces, when kind of funneled through the motif of the flower, um, can start to also create allusions to spaces, allusions to certain artistic ideas and architectural ideas. But because we use the common denominator of the building block of the line, um, it can start to um, be quite direct in communicating ideas. 
And just kind of going back to looking at the, the differences between the two cities, even though um, essentially you're coming to Cape Town, it's coming home in a sense, and since you're from Cape Town, but you spent so many years in Johannesburg, it became such a familiar space. Do you by any chance see that these works, you're kind of with the overlaying, you're working with something that's very familiar, like the grids, like um, those very um, harsh, rigid lines, and now you're working in a very different space with more organic lines. Do you see it as kind of working with something very familiar and overlaying with the unfamiliar? Mm. I think um, both cities are about a, a relationship to to urbanity or nature. But I think what's true is that I was also using um, kind of organic line in Johannesburg for to communicate certain ideas, and I'm certainly using it here. I think that um, at the end of it, the use of line is responsive to both cities, but it's actually what I've realized in being between the two spaces, it, it's that there's a certain kind of quality of the line, irrespective of context, that remains. And I think when one takes a kind of constant line, a constant mark, and irrespective of the city, starts to funnel it through a particular motif, then you can start to play with certain ideas which are generic and which are which are, are purely architectural. So, for example, the analogy is if I design a building in uh, New York, for example, mm -hmm. versus designing it in London or whatever it might be, those two buildings would be responsive to their contexts, but there are certain commonalities that are based on pure architectural principles mm -hmm. which line represents. So I think what I'm, what I'm dealing with here is like a transition from one space to another, and yes, there's been a change in what I'm dealing with and how I work and the kind of emotive quality of the line because of the context making certain impressions upon me as a person. But what's interesting is to see the commonality. And then I think once one extracts that, you can sort of push, push it in different directions for different ideas. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting because you're starting to find the commonality between very different spaces through the use of lines. So it's, and there's almost this investigation that you start to see the overlap between the two spaces. Is that right? Or are you kind of... Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. And I think it's... One of the things I've been exploring with here is, um, is the idea of how line and ink and certain different mediums of line respond to different substrates. So mm -hmm. I've been playing with different materials, different kinds of silks and papers and transparent papers and that sort of thing. And I think it, what's, what's emerging is... Yes, there is a, um, a degree of contextual response, certainly. Um, but there is also a constant. And, yes. um, and I, think, I think it's the relationship, really, between that constant and, and the contextual specificity, <laughs> if you can call it that, which is what I am learning from. And... Yeah, I'm between two cities, but I'm effectively the same person, and there are definitely relationships between those cities. And I think what's so interesting is that there's two poles of my of my of my being. There's two cities that I've been in for most of my life. So 
they, 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 they are all my context in a way. They are the two poles of the country. Yeah. Not to leave Durban or Brompton <laughs> or any of these places, but um, there's a big dialogue between them. There's a, almost a rivalry between them, and and there's almost like a, in some cases, like an like a like quite a heated debate between the two two cities. Mm. And I found myself kind of ping pong balling between those two things. Um, so in a way the space between these has allowed me to kind of define what it is as a neutral position, as a, as a pure position, as a practitioner to kind of indulge in line and just explore without for a moment trying to respond too directly to context mm. to make too specific a statement about mm. space. Well, I like that. I, I love how you use the word indulge in line yeah. because that really is you're just freely working. Yeah. Um, and what I want to just kind of want the listeners to get an idea of, um, so we're kind of, I saw some of the drawings and the works that you're working on at the moment. Can you tell us a bit about the process? Because you're really, process is such an important part of this body of work, but also this idea of layering. Mm. Can you tell us a little about it and kind of how you've approached these works? Sure, just to quickly go back <laughs> yeah. to the previous thing, it's a bit like at the moment, it's a bit like being in an aeroplane. I don't mm. know if you know the experience, but like if I'm flying from one city to another and I'm sketching in a sketchbook, I can't look outside <laughs> to draw <laughs> Cape Town or Joburg. They're not there. Mm. So you go back to memory, you go back to expression, and I think in a way that's what I've been drawing at the moment. It's just going back to principles that are built into me from both spaces. Um, but layering started very much in Johannesburg and I came from Cape Town with this very distilled language, this very kind of insular, simplistic, stylized line, which I think was a response to a very refined physical environment. And I landed as a very scared little puppy in a very kind of dense, layered, aggressive place. and which has got layer upon layer of, of social, social shifting and, 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 and this kind of, like, this kind of, these very kind of interacting layers of a city. And it's very prevalent in the context and very prevalent in the art that's produced in Johannesburg. It's kind of very responsive. So Johannesburg's the project and the project is Johannesburg. It's like this very dense dialogue between the two. And I think by being a chameleon in a way, I kind of started to produce this kind of layering system, which was almost encouraged by my peers. And so I, I learned a lot from that process of making. And one of the criticisms I've, I've kind of, that's been leveled against me is this idea of working in a too distilled format, too much two-dimensionality, too much monochromeness. And so I really enjoyed Johannesburg for the methodology it offered in the other artists way of working and in the city's structure and I really worked with that and so that kind of excitement around the technique has kind of stayed mm. with me you know it's the one thing I refer to in the aeroplane and I can't see the yeah. two cities and I'm really enjoying that method because it speaks directly to printmaking which is obviously one of the cornerstones of David Crit Project's kind of ideology and I'm almost referring back to that idea because the layering of the printmaking process was one of the very strong kind of architectural ideas that came out of making a very recent series in 2016 with David Crook Projects. And it refers also to the architectural process of layer upon layer of tracing paper to extract mm. you know, layers of information. 
So although I'm working with the flower and the grid of Johannesburg and these two juxtapositions, I think irrespective of the two cities and the industrial and the natural, I'm really enjoying the complexity of taking simple drawings and seeing what happens when one collapses them. Mm. So I, I'm working with that original distilled kind of, kind of Capetonian, uh, almost illustrative beginning, but then I'm complexifying it in a method that I really became enamored with when I was living in Jordan. That's great. And I think what's, like you were, the word complexifies it, because then what's interesting is that you show me the drawings of kind of the flower's humble beginnings of when you're starting with the drawings and then kind of moving on where you're looking at the, the grid. And it's just interesting how you've found a way to bring those two together. Mm. So you have your layers working on tissue paper, drawing film, and then by sandwiching them together under a sheet of perspex, it brings those two worlds together, mm. which I really enjoy. Yeah, there is a unity in a way. No, definitely. One of the things that you touched on also when you spoke about earlier is that you're really looking at geometry mm. and the geometry of spaces. Um, do you think, so you got a lot of inspiration from the geometry within the buildings of Johannesburg and the space there. Are you now with the flower motif looking at a bit of um, biomimicry of looking more of the geometry of the flower and solidifying it into its simplest form that way? You know, I think just to kind of qualify what I'm, what I'm doing, um, besides the pure concepts which I'm, I'm working with, I think uh, there's a lot to be said for the process of me indulging in drawing and the catharsis of drawing and exploration and not being too tied to concept initially, but extracting concept nonetheless. So I'm really just working with... with, with you know, the, the process of making beautiful things. Um, and sure, in the same way that there's a relationship of urban drawings in Johannesburg to urban geometry of Johannesburg, and the relationship also of natural forms and flowers to, which are inherent to Cape Town, yes, in, I suppose, you know, by inference, I am working with the geometry of the flower. But in the same way that I'm going to kind of allow the flower to fly away or grow out of the grid or grow away from the grid, I'm going to start to look at the geometry of the flower not necessarily as an, uh, an object of nature or representation of a city, but an object unto itself. So the way that it, as a form, sits in a space and creates negative space around it is more something that I'm going to explore and I am exploring geometrically so it's about a kind of the neutrality around and ordinariness around what that shape makes in space mm. and how line can represent that and make certain comments on generic space mm. that, that is what I'm I'm doing and in effect actually you know it's just without sounding too simplistic it's just a very convenient easy thing to do that has been done for many, many years in many traditions of art making. And I think there's a great challenge in taking something that's almost like as simple as the wheel and as used as the wheel to try and extract other stuff. So there's, yeah, there's the, the catharsis of drawing and, and the exploration of geometry and the use of this object in space to kind of do certain geometric uh, explorations which are about and not about certain cities 
but I think um, it's really what it, what what comes out of the process of making lots of drawings uh, with very ordinary objects and how they sit in space. So it's and about the flower, but really it's just about the geometry of a thing mm -hmm. in a place. And I think it's always interesting to see what exciting things you can come up with by just going to something very simplistic, like the geometry of an object or just these of line. It's through that investigation you can come up with something that's quite com complex and lands up being quite interesting, mm. kind of quite different to its very humble, mm. very simplistic beginnings. I think there's like a kind of a meditative process which happens mm. in drawing and I think after you go through a, enough of a process, certain things, concepts kind of emerge from the flower motif which have got nothing to do with nature or city whatsoever and I think that's really what I'm trying to extract. There's a gesture in the line and how it sits on the page that is generic and talks to certain principles that are ubiquitous in art making throughout. So it can be as complex and intricate as a performance piece or simplistic as the way a leaf kind of falls to one angle and I think they can carry the same message. And I think in the world where art is becoming um, very, um, very kind of layered and, and, and advanced in medium terms, in terms of media, like in performance art and video and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. where it's becoming very abstract and very, um, um, very advanced in terms of uh, the bending of media. Um, I think it's interesting for me to return to absolute classics and to see if I can extract similar meaning and power out of quite boring stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's quite exciting then. Um, one of the things that I, I think I mentioned it earlier is that I find so intriguing about this new work is the paper you're working on. Yeah. Um, you're working on various types. Can you tell us a little bit about why you're working on different types of paper and not just your standard cotton-based? <laughs> well, I think cotton-based. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think um, there are two things. I remember David Crick once saying that he's got an obsession with paper, and I think I have a similar one. I think it comes from the architectural world, because that's the medium. You won't find a piece of canvas in an architecture studio unless, you know, somebody's got a painting on the wall, but yes. they certainly can do it themselves. So I think paper, paper is something that I'm used to, coming from an architectural background. But as I was thinking earlier, you know, because I'm in this kind of hybrid space between two cities and a kind of cocoon between two cities in a way, uh, in a kind of psychological sense, it gives one the time to, and the, the, the medium to explore what the line does in different substrates. So because I'm between two comfort zones at the moment, I'm allowing that kind of way of being to inform different processes. So I'm drawing on silk, I'm drawing on architectural form, which is an allusion to architectural practice. I'm drawing on various levels of translucency of paper. I'm drawing on very opaque paper. And it's all based on drawing because, you know, architects draw and paper is what they draw. And so I think it's an exploration on what that means, what a pen can be, what a line can be, what a piece of paper can be. And there are various qualities of line that one gets. So I can put the same gesture in terms of my emotional response to putting pen to paper on a different substrate and I get a completely different mm -hmm. result. And I think it's really that artistic realm and the happy accidents which happen, which is exciting, 
um, because I'm not in control. You know, there's bleed that happens with the line that I'm, that wouldn't happen in an architectural office. And I'm, 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 I'm exposing myself to discomfort zones which are bringing very interesting results because I cannot control them. So I think the different papers are exposing different marks because although I apply the same emotive quality to the way I move the pen or the, or, or the ink, something else comes out. And I think within that there's exploration and some new concepts can emerge. I think one of the new one of the things you're starting to delve into is I start seeing this color that you're now bringing in a bit more in your work can you tell me a bit about that um well I quite like to be self-critical and I think some of the criticisms that I've received I'm, I'm taking I'm taking into account because I think they can allow for improvement and learning one of them is this two-dimensionality that I work too flatly mm. And the other that it, there's too much monochrome. So one is a response to, to that. I mean, I'm trying to see what, what, what color can do to space and space making on the paper, building on the paper, which is another concept I'd like to explore. That architecture can be made on paper as much as it can be made in, you know, um, on a building site. Um, but color is something that I'm Similarly to allowing the, the, the line to wander and smudge and blur is something that I'd like to bring into the process. So it's for these explosions of unknown graphic um, outcome that it's allowing and relationship that it's allowing. And I think it richens geometry and it brings a whole other kind of layer to things. So I often talk about the idea of how does architecture and art work together? I can take an artistic idea which is completely emotional and I can build it. Or I can take a rational architectural ordered idea and I can and I can give it expression in paper in ways that it can't necessarily be experienced um, in complete three dimensions. So I think colour can bridge those two worlds very well because the architectural is very monochromatic and the artistic can be very colourful. But I think bringing the colour into the architecture, I think, mm. is. Um, is a new experience for me, and one that's bringing uh, some dimensions of complexity and newness and learning, yeah. really, to what's happening. And I think that's something that I'm, I'm starting to see like a little bit of a pattern with your kind of move to Cape Town and you're revisiting a lot of ideas, rethinking a lot of things, but it's also pushing you a bit out of your comfort zone yeah. in how you're dealing with lines and color and things like that. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think, uh, let it be said for listeners and perhaps some of the listeners that know me, <laughs> I do miss Johannesburg a great deal. I think it's an absolutely fantastic and a very important city and I hope, you know, to re-engage with it a lot. But what's quite nice about being physically away from it, and I'm very much emotionally still part of it, I think, or kind of experientially more part of it, is the certain memories, graphic memories that... Um, that remain and I see it as quite monochromatic that in the urban terms like in the CBD they're these kind of grades of brown in a way and then there's green so it's it's, it's very simplistic and in, in Cape Town I, I, I see in this city it's more of a myriad you know um, so I, I, I think maybe it's response to that and um, response to being in, in, in a more kind of fruit bowl of the city yes um, and it's interesting to to look at Joburg from a distance 
with this new filter mm. of, of color. So I, more than anything, actually, rather than being contextually based, it's, it's exploration for the sake of um, extending the strength of the work. Yeah. No, I think that's wonderful. And so one of the other um, mediums that you're starting to play around with, um, I know you've got some, um, there was a mural um, to the sculpture that you're working with, and that's just mm. finished completed, but you're also now going to be working with a lot of film. So can you tell me about, about your use of those mediums and how you kind of intend to apply them to this body of work? Well, one of the criticisms being about the lack of three-dimensionality has certainly been addressed in delving very strongly into some public sculpture, which has been good for kind of exercising architectural muscles, which can weaken when they spend too much time, you know, in the art studio only. <laughs> um, but I think I've always been interested in film, particularly from an architectural and artistic point of view, um, in the way that it can carry narrative quite seamlessly, and how series of images a series of images can tell a story and how movement can happen in that. So I think that because it's another, I like to work, work with this idea of homage. So I, I want to pay homage to that because it's informed by architectural process a lot, it's formed the artistic process a lot, but I never really made it purely evident. I've always alluded to it, but I've never really made a film. But I've always referred to film. So I think in this idea that this flower is going to fly away and grow out of and away from the grid, and kind of be its architecture, an architecture to itself. There are certain ideas that I think would be best explored and depicted or communicated with the moving image and the, it's the idea of a series of images. So these pure architectural ideas which have got nothing to do with any particular context, be it natural or industrial or Cape Townian or Johannesburgian, mm. anything like that, which are the kind of percolations to the top of the conceptual pool is ideas of gradation, um, juxtaposition, threshold, all these sorts of things. And so I really want to expose these pure ideas and use the flower as an object which can present those. So I want to mesh into this film processes of drawing which I will film, um, animations of drawing which I film, but I also want to film the process of this flower blooming from bud to full blossom to wither. So gradation can be shown in that. It can also be an analogy to the process I've gone through as a person moving from a space mm. of one to another. Yeah. So it can talk about transition. It can also talk about certain architectural ideas which I think are, are very pure. So I think maybe one could say that perhaps I'm taking too neutral a position, mm. but because I'm in this kind of aeroplane at the moment, I think I'm enjoying... Um, this kind of space between, this mm. space between two things. As I emerge into the one city and think about another, um, there's this gradation from one thing to another, and I, and, I, and I think it's very representative, and I also want to see what this actual thing does when it moves and opens and, 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 and the different states that it has. So I think these kind of screenshots along the way of the, of the framed works could also refer to these moments within that film. But I'd also like to see the process unfold um, in, a, in a linear narrative and at the same time make this homage to film, which I think is such a strong thing. It's kind of like when drawings meet books. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's, I mean, you're 
We're always like your like your your aeroplane space that you're in at the moment. Yeah. It's neutral. <laughs> exactly. It's this where you it's a neutral space but a liminal space. And I think you're starting to see the advantage in that because you really get to play around. It's mm. like you're not really part of one but you're not part of the other yet. Mm. So you have a lot of room to play around and that's what I really like about how you're tr- wanting to introduce um, within this kind of concept, this use of film and the use of sculpture, because it gives you a lot of room to play around and you're able to see in which method and which medium best suits an idea. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, from what you say now, I I think it's, it's quite critical to be quite upfront about the idea of process being not only process, but actually a finite a finite presentation. So part of this exhibition will be about the notion that process and and the, the idea of process is as finite and presentable and valid as an idea as an idea as um, finite product. But at the same time, you know, I'm in this airplane and it's kind of this cocoon and you know, chicken or beef and you can choose either. But at the end, although this process is put placed in the foreground. I am committing myself to making very clear decisions and to have very clear statements at the end. So process will come to the fore and will be unto itself a concept, but from that process I will make certain deductions and conclusions. Um, so you know, I don't want to be seen to be hiding in this kind of this kind of aeroplane that's in between those cities. I'm just using it as an incubating process space and out of it when I land in the one city. Uh, which I've been busy doing now, and um, there will be some finite outcomes which are directly allusional also to the city where I come from. And I think what's important to note is that Johannesburg, in the last six years which I was living in it for, really was a um, coming of age. There was a process where I kind of, from illustrator, became artist, you know, and it was a, a very pronounced time and um, very intense time but I think there's homage to that and that's a finite place and I think there was a lot of work that was produced in that time and in a way this body of work although it's about a kind of a more natural element will be deeply influenced and is deeply influenced by that because in those six years you know the portfolio really grew and I think there's momentum from that that's clearly evident in this. so it's a kind of a thank you to Johannesburg it's a kind of like hold the phone to Johannesburg, I'll be back in some kind of shape or form, maybe not physically, maybe yes. Um, so although it's an allusion to a place and a time, I think it's an allusion to a way of working and a way of being, um, irrespective of place. And I, I'd like to, in a, in a quite a finite, clear way, uh, allow that to be influenced and shown um, in what's produced. So although I'm kind of between two places, I really am in the process of taking a a position. And after this exhibition, you know, like having built that closing chapter, in a way it's a return to to Johannesburg to to close that chapter with an exhibition. From that I will, you know, build even further. And I think finally, I think for me, um, what's important is that between Johannesburg and Cape Town, there are these two poles. Between art and architecture, these two poles. But I always want to graduate from this kind of polarized way of thinking mm-hmm. of is it art, is it architecture, is it in between? And not really qualify the discussion or the process on those terms anymore. Mm-hmm. 
because it's becoming not less relevant but or less pertinent but but less of a guiding principle I'm just producing mm -hmm. I'm making stuff and it can be justified with either canon as as the kind of driving force behind but I think I've spoken at length about art and architecture and, and their relationship between one another. And I think I'd like to start to place it a little bit more in the background because I think it's, it's, it's been established. And quite freely and intuitively, without using those principles as guiding vehicles, just allow them to have said their say, have formed me, and now just draw. Yeah. And I think what's... Have you... Um, so very process-based what you're working with and you're mentioning like you you definitely see there being a conclusion a finite um idea do you think your way do you kind of see the process now is it anywhere closer to you having your finite idea do you have a, a vague concept that you have in mind for it i think yeah I and mean, i think this discussion and and, and leading up to this discussion and putting together the work that I've done so far has put me in a quite a poignant position in terms of the what next of the mm -hmm. process. And I think the film and the sculpture are definitely going to be things which distill the actual outcome. So I think, I haven't just said, you know, I, I want to leave art and architecture alone as, as two kind of polar discussants, mm -hmm. but I think what's going to come out is a certain vocabulary certain architectural concepts are going to be branded and named. Branded in the sense of like, you know, cattle, not marketing. <laughs> um, and I, I really want to instill those as principles that I work with constantly, irrespective of city, irrespective of emotional state, irrespective of where I am between art and architecture. As a creative person who draws, I don't want to be labeled as artist or architect any more into in those polar terms of how they mean relative to one another. I want to set up a series of principles that as a creative person mm -hmm. I I refer to yeah. and I use those to explore the way I see the world wherever it might be. Mm -hmm. So you know in collapsed times I, I refer to people like Gio Ponti or um, Bruno Monari mm -hmm. or you know these kind of people that were all these things at once but at the end of it you can't really describe what Bruno Minari was. Yeah. Was he an architect, French designer, artist, photographer? I don't think he'd care to name himself. Mm -hmm. He was just a practitioner. Mm -hmm. And I think there's freedom in being multivalent and multivalent and multifaceted. Um, and I think, you know, the way the world is going, everything needs to be boxed into mm -hmm. property developer, architect, engineer, artist, you know, um, concierge. Yes. And and I think that's stifling our way of thinking. Yes, it's a good way to order things, but I think at the end of it... You it know, becomes very limiting, It can limit, and I think this idea of being in transition is allowing me to de-shackle mm -hmm. and throw away these, 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 not names, but these categorizations. And yes, I will refer to them when I need to come into line, but at the moment, you know, there's this kind of ether up there which I'm in, and it's about, you know, finding out about art and architecture just by doing rather than trying to learn about by, by, by do by, rather than doing in the name of the relationship between the two or independently and I think that's quite wonderful because I think like we said in the beginning is that if you look at back, back at the Renaissance, creators were very multifaceted. Mm. You know, you weren't just a painter, you weren't just a sculptor, you mm. weren't just an architect. Mm. 
And even though now we've somewhat had to um, almost box ourselves into, I am an artist, but you're just like, but I am a painter and I am a printmaker. So you start mm. to like break yourself and categorize it. But with the artists I've spoken to and um, artists that come to our workshop is that everyone's actually very multifaceted. Mm. Um, mm. And I think what you're trying to accomplish here by breaking down those shackles and kind of becoming rather two separate creative identities mm. for you're still just one creative mm. and i think what you're trying to accomplish there is quite wonderful yeah i, I think mm. it's a discovery of, of in recent weeks and particularly mm. in this discussion look i think it's not i don't want to be fuzzy and mm. you know kind of non-committal i think it's important to wear separate hats at at, at, at pertinent times and i think you know, being an architect is definitely what I am, mm. and being an artist is definitely what I am. But <clears throat> I think, you know, there's certain people in my life that are artists that I admire because they create with such abandon, without thought, mm. and even without, not without feeling, but there's just without constriction. Mm. And and I. That's always something that I've longed for, and I think now in this kind of space that I'm in at the moment, that can really happen. Um, and I think there's great things can come out of that. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, and there's definitely, you know, I think there's a definite sanguine relationship for me to the to the um, to the Renaissance. I mean, the, the Italian heritage in me is, is mm. very strong, and I think it's quite natural. I mean. Um, you know, there are not a lot of mural artists in South, yeah. Af South Africa, and I'm working very much, and that was a very particular thing, you know, fresco. So the times when my hair is really curly and I look like a northern yeah. Italian and I'm on a scaffold, like you know, half falling down and breaking my foot, and I really do feel in my element, I feel, in my, I feel true to my identity mm -hmm. when, I'm, when I'm doing these things, yeah. you know. And it's quite a, it is a great, we speak about privilege, it's a great privilege for me to be on a scaffold painting a mural feel very connected to to who I am and so I'm, I'm very I'm very I'm graciously grateful for that and mm. to be able to you know make marks and draw is important and I really don't know what I would do if I <laughs> if I couldn't <laughs> it would yeah. be it would be drastic you know uh, mm. um, it's just nice and it's nice to have the opportunity to exhibit and to speak and to because through this one lives you know it's like food um it's really good yeah. so thanks and i think what's now just kind of going back in my head everything that we've talked about i find it actually quite poetic because you're going from one space johannesburg in your liminal airplane <laughs> landing in cape town at some point but then everything's then going back to johannesburg in the exhibition which I find quite poetic. It, yeah. it almost goes home in a sense where it's where it all kind of started. Well, it, it really is. I mean, it, it, there's a strong narrative here and that's why I want to work with the gradation of the flower in the film because I would come back from Johannesburg every few months for work or to visit family really feeling and looking like a wounded soldier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with somewhat of a limp and kind of feeling a bit battered and worse for wear. And uh, to be honest, I find Johannesburg like a very intense environment and it really did show in my person you know, the intensity of the space which I was in. And there's a kind of cathartic process of kind of getting back into myself in Cape Town. So I really look forward to kind of producing and showing a reflective body of work, coming back to the kind of 
scene of the crime, as it mm. were, Johannesburg, <laughs> um, fully bodied and um, restored, and to show a body of work that responds to my time there, my time now, my time in the future, and the process of this, you know, the kind of polar traveling between yes. the two. Um, so it, it makes sense. Um, it's a there's a prodigal son aspect to it. It's the return to a space of great inspiration from essentially a home. And you know, I, th I think the poetic thing for me is that of all, besides you know the grades of gradation of brown buildings in Johannesburg, there was a is a very powerful and loving human landscape there, which I hold very, very close to me. And if anything, I think it's a return um, and vote of thanks and ceremonial um, kind of giving back. Because not only the city um, formed me as a practitioner, but those people did. Um, the, that exploration, that those interactions, those professional relationships, those studios, are in these lines. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think in a calm space where I don't feel so kind of headachy from the traffic and the yeah. <laughs> freeway, which I can't remember how to get onto, I think that's all coming out. Mm. It's all, that's what this project is about. It's a release. Everything from that amazing experience um, now transplanted into a kind of monasterial existence is coming mm. out. And you'll see it on the pages, yeah. as layered as they may be. Yeah. <laughs> no, but great. Thank you so much, Lorenzo. I think it was wonderful for me to see kind of how the process is coming together. And I'm, I think now we're all excited to see how all the processes lead to the conclusion. Um, but we'll definitely keep all the listeners updated on how it all transpires and keep them updated when the exhibition opens. Well, thank you. And there's a special thanks that goes to David Crit himself, David Crit Projects, um, yourself, May, Elzette, Gillian um, Ross, all the, all, the, um, all the people associated with this group, because I think um, Kim, everyone, I don't want to name them all because it'll take too long, but <laughs> I think, you know, um, the, the, there was a certain cornerstone that Dave Crit Projects holds in, um, in my Johannesburg experience. So it's a return to them as well. And um, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And I think it's apt that this is the space which, which, will be happen which it will be happening in, because I think, you know, there's a very strong association for me between this particular um, group and gallery and institution and, and the city itself. So it's a return to Johannesburg and in a way to kind of uh, origins of art making. And, yes. Very happy to be getting back on that aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thank you so much. And thank you listeners for listening. Thanks listeners for listening.